0: If you are listening to this when it comes out. I wonder what I'm up to. I wonder if I'm awake or sleeping all week. I guess we won't know until I come back, but thanks again, Kelly, for uploading these episodes while I'm gone. Everyone thank Kelly Scott from Kelly's Clean Kitchen for being the best friend and assistant ever. Thanks, Kel. Without her, you wouldn't be getting an episode today. As I am recording this, I just finished up a Reiki session with my friend Kaylee, who I'm sure many of you guys know she's been on this podcast before, Kaylee Clark. She is the co-founder of Clear Stem Skin Care with her partner Danielle. I have another episode, two episodes with Kaylee coming up next week, I believe for you that you guys are going to love. She's the best. But I am pumped because by the time this episode comes out, Clear Stem will have relaunched and launched a ton of new products that I cannot wait to tell you guys about. You know, I've been obsessed with Clear Stem skincare for a long time and they have had their serum out for quite some time now. It is a staple in my skincare routine. But what you might not know is that they have been developing a full line of products And not only completely rebranded, but are now releasing those products. And I have had the pleasure of trying out these products for over a month now. Not exactly sure how long it's been, but it's been at least over a month. And you guys are going to be obsessed with these game-changing skincare products. Game-changing. First of all, I can't wait for you guys to see the new packaging. It looks incredible. They have a new website that is beautiful. Obsessed with it. You got to appreciate the aesthetics, you know. But the original serum that y'all know and love from ClearSTEM is now called Cell Renew. So this is our collagen infusion serum. It's amazing for all skin types, whether your skin is dry, oily, mature, sensitive, prone to acne, combination, normal, scarred perfect for everybody and this serum helps to fade any scars or red marks left behind after breakouts. It's also anti-aging, calming, totally non-toxic of course and the collagen stem cells along with the botanical extracts and their hyaluronic acid base are really just the perfect formula to totally transform the look of your skin no matter what your skin is going through. This serum is a must. It helps to Balance out the oil production in your skin. Prevent breakouts. Help any breakouts or other trauma to your skin heal much more quickly. Gets rid of redness. Also great to have in your cabinet if you get a sunburn or if you have... Any skincare treatments done, like laser treatments, microneedling, dermaplaning, threading, any chemical peels, whenever the skin goes through some type of professional treatment, there's going to be inflammation left over that needs to be calmed down. And the Clear Stem Cell Renew is the perfect product to just calm down that inflammation in general. All you have to do is shake it up. They don't use any fillers or binders, so there's going to be separation. So make sure you shake it up and then apply a few pumps of the Cell Renew all over your face. Gently massage it into your skin. The massaging will actually help to increase the healing powers and you're good to go. So we know we love the Cell Renew, of course. What are some of these other new products that I'm obsessed with? First of all, their new Clarity is a total game changer. It's an AHA PHA Mandelic Acid Serum. And you guys will hear me talk a little bit more about Mandelic Acid Serums next week. But Mandelic Acid has been always one of my favorite ingredients. And just for the longest time, I loved Mandelics. But when I switched over non-toxic products, couldn't find a Mandelic and that was non-toxic. And now ClearStom has this one. And I have been using it for a little over a month. And Honestly, I have no words for how amazing this makes your skin feel and look. This is an exfoliator serum that can be used in different ways to accelerate your results. It's just the perfect acid blend and they've stabilized it with bioflavonoids. You will get skin that looks brighter, healthier, and totally free of blemishes and breakouts. You'll notice that breakouts and fine lines, wrinkles, red marks all disappear really quickly with this use. This is an exfoliant, so you want to ease into this one. If you've never used an acid before, especially a mandelic, you want to ease into it. I would recommend, you know, use a little bit at night and then give yourself, give your skin a couple days and then do it again. I wouldn't start off using it every single night, Um, maybe, you know, once or twice a week and then you can bump it up a little bit. Just ease into it just at night and if you really do well with it you can do it in the morning as well you do not need much just you know two to three pumps in your fingertips apply to your face and then the key with this is you want to go let it sit on your skin for at least 15 to 30 minutes just let the clarity do its job um watch a show sit down do something else I I'll put this on um because I take off my makeup and everything usually before dinner and then after dinner I hang out and then right before I'm going to bed I will do the rest of my skincare. So I give it plenty of time to sink in, soak in, exfoliate, um, and then I put the rest of my products on. If you have brown spots, scars, acne, this acid is incredible. And then two of their other new products that I love are their new Vitamin Scrub, which is an antioxidant-infused cleanser, and their Gentle Clean, which is a vitamin-infused calming wash. I have been loving both of these. They're both super gentle. So the vitamin scrub I love because it has clay as well as other smoothing particles so you can remove oil face makeup any other impurities from your skin it really helps the texture of your skin but it's gentle enough where you don't feel like you're scratching your skin you know some scrubs have beads that just are very harsh um it's really light massage it into your skin it feels so good um i like to let it massage in for like 45 seconds to a minute before I rinse it off with lukewarm water and their gentle clean their vitamin infused calming wash is super calming and gentle this doesn't have um, the little exfoliating beads like the vitamin scrub but it's great for all skin types dry mature sensitive blemish prone combination normal it's just like your Everyday basic cleanser for anybody. It's nourishing, non drying. It smells incredible. Even gets rid of mascara and foundation. Both the Gentle Clean and the Vitamin Scrub make my skin feel so smooth and soft, and they smell amazing. Like (laughs) the first time I used these products, I called Kaylee and I was like, what is in here? It smells so delicious. Like you want to eat it. So these are just a few of their new products. Go and check out their website, clearstemskincare.com. You can also find their list of pore clogging ingredients on there. Really helpful if you're still struggling with breakouts, despite having already switched over to non toxic skincare. And you can use my discount code Wellness for $15 off of Clearstem. So, again, go to clearstemskincare.com and use my code Wellness, W E L L. N-E-S-S for that $15 off discount. I cannot wait for you guys to try these new products. Honestly, game changers. I am so excited about this Mandelic. Honestly, best Mandelic I've ever gotten my hands on. And I have used a lot of Mandelics in my my day. So the Clarity, you definitely want to try out. Kaylee's going to talk even more about the company and the why behind these products In the next episode, something else we talk about in the episode coming up is Kaylee's relationship with me in terms of business. Um, We talk a little bit about sponsorships for podcasts, and I've gotten a lot of questions recently about the business of podcasting. So I thought I would just take this time, this episode, to talk a little bit about podcasting as a business. I've been doing this for almost three years now. Um, It wasn't always my business. Um, It's always been part of my brand. But if you've been with me from the beginning, you've probably seen it evolve over time. I've learned a lot. I've also worked on the back end of other podcasts. Um, And the podcasting industry is super interesting, kind of the same way that the blogging industry is very interesting in the fact that uh, it's not very regulated, and it's a new space. It's still a new space in terms of making money, and everyone does things a little bit differently. For some people, podcasting is their full-time job. For others, it's a hobby. It's becoming a a saturated space for sure. I think in the last few years, people have really hopped onto podcasting because it's such an exciting, fun medium. It's like having your own radio show, you know? And I know for me, it started off just as something for fun. And then over time, it turned into something that I make money off of. And I feel really grateful that I get to make money off of this because I have so much fun interviewing people and getting you guys good content. And it's really time consuming. Honestly, when you make podcasting really part of your business, it does take up a lot of time. So I'm really glad that it's something that I've been able to turn into part of my income. It's definitely not my (laughs) fault, my full income, but I do make money off my podcast. And I feel like there's a lot of confusion around podcasts and money um, so I'm just gonna share with you my perspective in this episode. and i got I've gotten a couple questions related to the podcast, although I feel like they're all kind of just different ways of saying, explain to me all the things about making money off a podcast as a business. So I, I'm gonna get into that, but a while back, someone sent in this question that I just felt like was a really good kind of overview question. And so she said, I'm interested in learning more about how you generate revenue through your podcast. I'd love to hear more about how sponsorship works for podcasts, the upfront costs of running a podcast, and how your revenue strategy for your podcast may have changed since starting it in college. I'm interested in starting a podcast as well and would love to hear how you make it work for your business. So I feel like that's a really good like, overall theme of what this episode is going to be about because I've gotten other questions um, people have sent in. Questions about cost. So let me start off by addressing the startup costs. And somebody has said, "How much does all the equipment cost?" Um, a few people said that. I'm just reading through these right now. Basically, how much money does it start? Does it cost to start? So this is going to depend on your equipment. So. It also depends on are you just podcasting yourself, like sitting here talking, you just need one mic. Are you doing something a little bit more professional where you want high the highest sound quality possible? Are you going to be interviewing other people? There are different options. So I'll just walk you through all the different equipment that I have used and kind of how much that all costed initially. So when I first started, um, first of all, I used GarageBand. I'm pretty low key, use GarageBand, always have. So that didn't cost me any money. It already came on my laptop. Other people use other software, but that's just what I use. You also have to understand, like, (laughs) I'm pretty low production, I would say. So and people are all over the map. So if you look at someone like, you know, me, I'm just here with my mic talking. I edit myself. I produce myself. Um... I have my own equipment. And then you you could look at, you know, podcasts like Mind Pump, where like they they have a whole studio. They have very professional equipment. It's gonna cost a lot more what they have. Um, I mean they have yeah. Don't even yeah. There's other people I know who podcast and they literally use their iPhone headphones and that's all they use. <laughs> so it it really there's a scale here. So remember, this is just my perspective. Um, this is what I'm using. So when I first started podcasting in college, um, I just knew I needed a mixer to be able to put in multiple mics because when I first started this podcast, if you're new here, my podcast started off being called Actually Adultish and we had three, there are three of us all co-hosting and then we also had guests on sometimes. So we needed multiple mics. So we needed a mixer to be able to put everything onto one track to go into GarageBand. So when I first started podcasting, I honestly had no idea what the hell I was doing. Like I just was trying to make it work and I didn't understand. So in general, I'm the type of person where I want to understand how and why everything works with podcasting. I just needed, I didn't need to understand how it worked. I just was playing with things, didn't understand anything and just needed it to go through into GarageBand, make a sound, and I was just gonna say, okay, thank you. Moving forward, I don't need to understand how that worked. Um, I went through a few different mixers at the beginning, and honestly, lost a lot of money because I got one mixer, and then it like broke after a couple months, and then I got another mixer, and then another mixer. And I was using the, I don't know how to pronounce it, Behringer. I got it from Best Buy and one off Amazon. Behringer, um their mixers. They have a bunch of different ones. And the first the first one I got was close to three hundred dollars. Um, the second one was like a hundred and fifty. I think the third one was another three hundred dollars just because they kept breaking, but like from and they weren't breaking, they were just making weird background noises that really bothered me. Like and they were big and bulky. And I was like, honestly, this is annoying me. But with those with those mixers, um, my favorite microphones have always been the Audio-Technica ATR 2100 USB mics. Because you can plug them into the mixer, but they also come with cords that you could plug directly into your computer for USB. So... I use those mics with all my mixers. I had them forever. I have... Actually, I have eight of them. But you only need... I mean, I originally bought four. I ended up buying eight. Don't ask. Um, Honestly. And they work really great. And then I just bought little... I don't know what those little sound filter things are on top. But, um, yeah. So, I got a bunch of those. And I use those with my mixers. And, like, if I'm just recording a solo episode... I would just plug that into my computer and just bring that. Or like if I'm going on travel and I just need one single mic, just bring the USB so I don't have to bring the whole mixer because the mixers are big and bulky and not travel friendly. And I just always felt like those mics sounded the best. I tried a bunch of other ones like the Yeti. I hated the Yeti. I thought it was horrible. Um from my perspective, it did not work. Um the Audio Technica ATR 2100s just always sounded great to me. So I've always loved those, so stuck with those, and then went through a few mixers. So that cost me a good amount of money, and then I ended up switching over to the Scarlet Focusrite. I got the one that you can use um, with four mics. I think you you can also do the one with two microphones. Again, it just depends on how many people you're gonna be um, chatting with and how many mics you think you're gonna need. So the ones that only do four mics or do two mics, sorry. Are much cheaper than those with four, so I think that cost me about three eighty five or so, three hundred eighty five dollars. Um, meanwhile, I had broken a couple mics, so I bought more. Um, and those microphones, I've gotten them at different prices. I'm pretty sure the first ones I bought cost me like eighty nine dollars, and then I found some for sixty five, and then I ended up having to get one for a hundred. It, it just kind of depended on what I was getting on Amazon. Don't ask. Um, so that all cost money. And then, so I was using the Focusrite for a while and with my Audio Technica mics. And then when I would just podcast by myself, I would just use Audio Technica and plug it in with the USB on my computer. But then I wanted to upgrade and I wanted something more travel friendly. So then I upgraded to kind of what, everybody pretty much uses who travels and wants something more compact, and that would be the Zoom H6. With the Zoom H6, you can record without any plugged-in microphones, but I like to use the plugged-in microphones just because it sounds way better, so I also bought headsets to go along with that. So the Zoom H6 is about $400, um, and then each of the Audio-Technica Broadcast stereo headsets I bought, which are the ones with like the headset and the mic, so you look like you're in a helicopter. Those each cost about $170. And then you need a couple cords, an amplifier, so you're looking at another $35, $40. And then what I'm using right now that I'm testing out because I was having issues with my Audio Technicas, which I'm not surprised about because I don't... (sighs) You should really like unplug all attached cords every time you travel, and I haven't, and I think I messed with them. Um, but I also just wanted a headset because whenever I use my Audio Technica, I also put in my headphones, and I just felt like it was annoying. So I wanted to get a headset that I could plug directly into my computer via USB because with the with the Zoom, you have to attach the Zoom and then the headphones, and it was just a mess. Um, so I just got this gaming headset that. Helen from Balancing Your Hustle podcast told me about. It's the Corsair Void Pro RGB USB gaming headset, and that was about 60 bucks. Um, I mean, I've only used it for a couple podcasts, but I think I like it so far. We'll see. So, you know, this is kind of like the startup, and you don't need to get all this equipment. Um, I started off with, like, what I felt like was the lower cost at the beginning, and I was like, I just need to record, um, it's obviously cheaper if you're just podcasting yourself or like, you know, over, you, if you have a co-host who's over Skype or something, but that's what I invested. And in. also, I mean, the Zoom H6, I didn't buy until this year, well into my podcasting journey. That wasn't something I wanted to invest in until, it was a bigger part of my business, but like once I'm like, okay, this is like, I'm actually making money off of this, so I should invest in some legit equipment. I went for it. And it's definitely worth it in my opinion. But if you're just getting started, I just honestly recommend people get the Audio-Technica 2100 mics. Those are legit. I love them. And then later on, you can get fancier if you want. But that's what I suggest. And then there is the issue of, you know, hosting in terms of your website and your, your actual podcast. So my podcast is hosted through Libsyn. I use Libsyn um and you pay monthly for how much storage you want so for a while i had a lower storage plan and then when i increased to more episodes i needed a larger one so i started off paying $20 a month for podcast hosting and then now i pay 50 to 60 dollars a month to host the podcast um and that's just the podcast hosting and then there are my websites costs which I'm not even going to get into because that's just a whole separate thing but I'm I am already paying for my website um because I have like my blog and everything else on there and then you know I pay monthly for storage on that I pay yearly for those domains I I pay lots of money for the website um so I already had that so it's just I'm attaching it but if you don't already have a website you could just I mean when we did straight up paleo I didn't want to pay any extra so I didn't want to pay monthly for some fancy website so we paid the upfront costs which um a couple hundred bucks for the website and then you know each year you pay that but I didn't want to pay something monthly for storage um necessarily so I think that I don't remember off the top of my head but I think it was a couple hundred dollars a month I mean a couple hundred dollars a year and then each month I paid only like 20 bucks or something um, just so it was low maintenance, but you can do something super low cost. It just depends on your, your budget, you know, like what's going on and how, how fancy you want to be. Is this your whole business? Is it just a podcast that you want? on iTunes, are people going to be going to your website? Factor all that in. Remember, this is like my business. Um, so I do things differently. You can do it much lower cost than I do right now, but I like to produce it, you know, in my way. And then there are also other costs depending on how you do things. So there are a lot of podcasters who don't produce their own show. I would say most of my friends who podcast, like my friends in the podcasting space, don't produce their own show. I'm one of the only ones. Um, Or most people who make money off their podcast don't produce their own show. Let's put it that way. Um, I'm one of the only ones who like makes money off my podcast and I produce my own show. So if you're paying monthly to have someone edit, that also would cost money and it depends on the producer. I know some people who pay like $200 a month for a producer. There's also if you pay someone to write your show notes, that sometimes is like one to two hundred dollars a month. Um, Some producers cost five hundred dollars a month. It just is kind of all over the board, honestly. And if you're having someone like manage your website, um, all of that just depends. So I would say like with editing, producing all of that, it could be anywhere from like one to one to five hundred dollars, depending on who you are and what you want. And then if you're paying for like cover art, um, if you're paying for intro music, like I think my intro song, to get a uh, royalty-free intro music. Not everybody has intro music. Also, you can get royalty-free music that is free. I just don't really like a lot of those, so I wanted to invest in intro music. And I love my intro music, so there's that. Okay, so those are basically the upfront costs of basic podcast podcasting so I hope that answered that question for you okay and then someone said how to set it up I've bought all the equipment and I cannot understand how to record um this will depend on your equipment but I literally plug everything into GarageBand check your preferences to make sure that your the input and the output are what you need um it's hard for me to answer this question without knowing your equipment, um, but just check your preferences, and I literally just, you know, make sure that I have my track set up to be input, the input from my USB. I use GarageBand, like I said, so I have the record enable button on, and then I just press record, and I go. And then if you ever need to edit out any weird sounds or anything, you just kind of like, cut the track, delete that noise. Like, sometimes if there are weird sounds at the beginning or end of a recording, you can just, like, drag your mouse over the edge and um, drag it in or out in GarageBand. I just feel like GarageBand is super user-friendly. Um, maybe that's also just because I've been using it since I was, like, 10. But <laughs> it's pretty it's pretty user-friendly. If you need to um, combine tracks, you can just... Edit, select all, join the regions, and you're good to go. And then when I export, um, you know, and, and when you're adding in, you can add in multiple tracks. So I, add, I layer on my intro music um, and my, like, intro and outro. And then I always export it as a .aiff file. And the reason I do that is because I run my podcast tracks through something called The Levelator, Um, and it's just an app. You, You put in the track through that, and then it evens out the sound. So if I ever have a podcast recording where one person is really quiet and one person is really loud, like this can happen often on Skype, or even just if I'm talking to someone in person and... I, I don't record people on separate tracks. They're all on one track just because of the way my input is. Um, so if there's a, un, it's uneven in terms of sound. I'll put it through the level litter and it doesn't make it perfect, but it helps a ton. And like this has saved me so many times because sometimes I've had Skype interviews because I record so if you record with people over the internet, there are a few different ways to do it. Some of the most popular ways would be Zoom. A lot of people use Zoom um Skype or Zencaster I think there are pros and cons to all of them with Zencaster it just really depends on the internet and both people have to have a good connection and after the end you have to like make sure you leave the window open so that it uploads fully and the reason I don't like that is just because I have been interviewed before on a Zencaster and like it's happened to me multiple times where you know, first of all, they're so worried. They're like, make sure you leave this window open for the next, like, hour to make sure it fully uploads. And then I'm annoyed that I have to leave the window open. Um, But then so, – or, like, one time I was recording and my internet, like, went out and the whole the whole interview just, like, was gone. And I was like, oh, man. Um, Zoom is probably, like – I think that Zoom and Skype, in my opinion, are the best options. Most people use Zoom and, you know, you can see the person. You can video chat. Um, but the reason I don't use it is just because sometimes the zoom platform just goes down or I just find, I don't know. I just feel like the quality isn't as dependable in my opinion, which is why I've always used Skype. Um, and then other, but other people feel the opposite. Other people think that Skype's super unreliable and Skype sometimes is. I definitely notice like, first of all, I prefer to record while video chatting, if I can, because it's just so much better when you can see the person. But the problem is that usually when you video chat with Skype, the sound quality is worse. So it's kind of like I pick, I decide, like, do I really want to see this person or do I want better sound quality? So some people, I just only do audio or sometimes we'll start with video and I'll tell them, I'll be like, the sound is not working. We need to just do audio. Um, I mean, Skype has its issues too. A lot of us in the podcasting space talk about this, like, There's just downfall to any type of technology, so you know you pick and choose your battles. I personally use Skype, and then I use something called call recorder that I've downloaded. I think it cost me twenty bucks, and I've used that for the last three years to record interviews that I do over Skype. So I guess that's another cost I didn't think about your twenty dollar call recorder. If you if you do it that way, there are other there are plenty of other ways to record interviews as well those are just the three that came to mind and like I mentioned I use Skype and I have used Zoom before but yeah I put it through the levelator it helps to even out the sound and then I put it into iTunes from iTunes uh, this is where I put in all the info so the episode name and the um, description I put in the show notes I put in the cover photo tags this is where I also convert the AIFF file into an MP3. Um, and then once I get the MP3 file from iTunes, or I do all the tags and it's all set up, I have my MP3 file. And then that's what I'm uploading to Libsyn. And when you upload there, you put it, <laughs> you put in all the tags again, um, categorize it, all of that jazz. And then I link that into a blog post. And in my blog post, that's where I also put the description, the show notes, more tags. Um, Yeah, that's a little bit about the process. And then with my website backend, in case you're curious if anyone's like actually doing this, I use um, Blueberry PowerPress um, to connect my podcast to my blog posts. So that's like the widget I use also submitting podcasts to like iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, it's pretty easy. You literally just need your RSS feed link which you can get from Libsyn or if you use Blueberry like I said it's in there and then you submit that um along with some just basic other info and it takes anywhere from like 24 hours usually to like sometimes 2 weeks to be accepted um but it really just varies. So there's that in terms of setting up a podcast. Um, so when I first started this, I was in college and literally what I did was, well, actually my cousins (laughs) emailed me, uh, a link to a, a website that was just like, how to set up a podcast and I followed it step by step and I didn't understand again I didn't understand the why or how or like what was going on I just followed this exactly as it was and I don't think I did it totally right but somehow it worked and I was like I'm just gonna roll with it and I didn't really know what I did and it was a total headache and took me like the full weekend to figure out because I just didn't really understand what I was doing it shouldn't be that complicated though and then when we started straight up paleo just because of that experience I was like I'm I'd I don't want the headache of setting, like setting everything up, linking it all up because the podcast is like, you know, when you first set it up, you have to spend time linking everything together and doing all the things on the back end, like setting it up. And then once it's set up, all you have to do is like upload every week and it's there, but just the beginning part. And so with Straight Up Paleo, we literally just paid somebody to set it up for us. It costs like $150 because Kara and I were just like, I have no interest in spending a weekend trying to figure this out, just brain power at that point, but you can for sure easily set it up. Honestly, if you just Google, I don't remember the exact, I'm trying to look right now on the internet, and I'm pretty sure actually it was this guy, Um, if you just like Google how to start a podcast, and this guy smartpassiveincome.com pat's step by step approach and it, this one is from 2019 but i'm pretty sure it was this website smart passive income and he broke it down exactly how to start how to start like it technically um and i just followed that and this one looks like it's updated for 2019 which is awesome because i did this what 2017 2016 um originally so it was an older one so i would look up that link as well. I'll put it in the show notes. But like if you need help with podcasts, there are people who specialize um in this and they produce podcasts, um they do all the back end work. And so sometimes, you know, you can work with somebody like that long term to produce, edit, whatever. You can work with somebody just like you know, hourly just if you need help getting set up, if you need help um cleaning things out in the back end like I did that in this last year because my feed was all messed up and so I paid somebody just one time, I think I paid like a hundred bucks maybe or less than that just to clean up the back end And sometimes because these people like know all the things that are coming out. So for instance, people used to in their titles put, they could make a really long title. So like originally my title was like actually adultish, lifestyle, relationships, health, fitness, something else, because all of those words helped with the search engine. But in the last year what iTunes has done is started knocking down anyone who had a really long title so all of us had to go through and like change our title so my title then it was like wellness realness nutrition lifestyle I don't remember some other descriptive words to help with the search engine. so knock that off so that iTunes wouldn't penalize me but little things like that that just like I don't keep up with or I wouldn't know. Um, I also am not really worried about my ranking at all. But if you're somebody who's worried about your ranking, um, that's something to pay attention to. But also just so people know, um, like people buy their, some, not everyone, but you can like buy your iTunes rank the same way people can buy Instagram followers and buy Instagram likes. It's such a bullshit, but there are people, um, It's like, honestly saddens me that, you know, you can, you can pay to be put on iTunes top, whatever, um, which is just annoying, but you know, whatever floats your boat. I don't really care though, because like iTunes isn't paying you. (laughs) Like, um, we will get to that in a second. So let's see. Um, let's talk about like actually how I make money. Um, Somebody asked, do you make money off each episode or off subscribers? It doesn't work like that. Um, so I don't make money off of like subscribers. No podcasting person is paying me like some big podcasting. It's not like how YouTube can pay YouTubers. Um, I make money two ways through the podcast. One, like sponsorship. So somebody will pay X amount for an ad for me to talk about it. Um it's kind of simple as that. And then other other than that is it's like people find me through my podcast. So it's indirect income. So I use my podcast, you know, people get to know me and then they wanna learn more about what I'm up to and they go to my website and maybe they wanna buy my program or they wanna buy me ebooks or they wanna um work with me, whether that be with Reiki or Nutrition. So like it's about spreading awareness or like, you know, mindpub talks about this all the time. Like their podcast, I mean, they make money off sponsors, but like their money is coming from their programs, you know, and like that podcast gets people to buy their programs. Um, I mean, uh, the best way to support any blogger, podcaster, content creator in general is to buy their, any products or programs or whatever they put out. And then also to support the sponsors they work with. And the world of sponsorships is, I mean, confusing in podcast land as, as it is in blogging land. And there are plenty of people who abuse it and will just work with any damn sponsor that comes up. Um, I mean, I'm everyone who knows me knows how picky I am about sponsors and (laughs) brands. Plenty of brands do not like me. Trust me. Um, because the way I am with business and I'm very picky about who I work with and I only want to work with brands that like I have been using and I love and um it's usually me going after them. I'm trying to think if there's anyone who came after me, like a brand that was like, "I want to sponsor you." Um no, I think it's mostly me going after them or like somebody connecting me with the company um and then I'll use the product like like with Ned, like um you know, my friend was like, you're going to love this company. And I was like, "Um, I'm so, I don't like, but I think CBD is just a marketing scheme. I don't trust any of the ingredients. Like they all have fillers in them. And then I interrogated Rhett and he sold me on it. So, and then I started using the product for a while, fell in love with it, became a part of my lifestyle. And then I was like, okay, I want to work with you. Um, So there's different ways like that. And then also a sponsor, So There are some companies who work, like they're big, they work with a ton of different brands and this is the same with blogging too. So say there's some agency, they're kind of like a PR firm and they connect sponsors with different companies or you can work with like an ad agency where you can work with an ad agency where like you work with them and you get paid per download by them and, but and then you have access to all these they're usually like the bigger brands um but then they tell you like how many ads you have to have per episode when it has to be how long like what you're saying I and I <laughs> you guys know me if if that if someone's telling me what to do and like I feel controlled I'm like no like I cannot do this and also you don't really get that much choice it's like you you have to just work with the companies that they say you have to work with so obviously that doesn't float my boat, also you make a lot less money doing that, in my opinion. Whatever. Um, because the true value of a podcast, if you're a company listening, is not necessarily in the downloads. Um, it's in the ROI. It's in how loyal is this following? So like I don't have the biggest podcast in the world, but you guys are damn awesome and you guys trust me and that's Because I've cultivated this community where we you guys trust me. Like you know how picky I am about brands and ingredients and like that I only promote things that I use and I love. Um and that trust pays back and when and so like when I talk about products, you know what's good and then people buy them and even though I have I don't have the biggest podcast on iTunes, companies notice a huge increase in sales when I start talking about them because you guys respond because you trust me and that's something I value so much and this is why I'm such a hard ass when it comes to who I work with because like if I think that something is not like if it just doesn't feel 100% authentic to me it's not happening I would rather make zero income like I'm totally fine being like no money off podcasting. Um, if that's what I needed to do to like keep your trust, you know, it's not like I didn't start podcasting to make money. And this is something that people ask me all the time. Like, I don't, should I start a podcast? Like blah, blah. blah. And I always, I'm like, why do you want to? Because if you're going into podcasting with the intention of I'm going to, I want to do this to make money, you shouldn't do it. Um, you probably won't. And like, I don't really like, okay, I'm not going to say I don't know anyone, but I would say maybe 1% of people who are podcasters make like a living off of being a podcaster. You're usually making money off of like what that's bringing you in terms of an audience that's bringing you here, buying your other things. And like you can make, um, sponsorship money, but I mean, sponsorship money isn't like definitely not my full income at all. Um, and over time, it's made me more. Like, when I first started, I just had a few sponsors. I mean, I think we first got our first sponsor, like, the first year. And we worked with them and pay- got paid, like, I don't know. Not not very much. It really wasn't very much at all. And then I was like, I don't really want to do sponsors right now. Because it just felt like it was making it turn into work. And I hated having to work around their schedule. And it was a bigger... um company and it felt very corporate even though I loved the brand and they were super nice I just like was in college and I was like I don't do this to make money so I just need to not do this Um, and then as it became more of a bigger part of my business and I was putting more and more time into it I was like honestly, at this point I have to be making money if I want to continue this. So then I started working with more companies, but on my own terms. And I started off, I used to offer like a one episode, you could do one episode or four episodes. And I do, you can either do intro ads or mid episode ads. Um, I have since adjusted that and I will only do a four episode package because I'm like, you need, like, I'm not going to work with a brand of just one time, you know, like, any brand that I'm working with, I love, and, like, they're long-term in my life, so I need them long-term on my podcast, and it's, like, a long-term partnership. Like, you're part of my brand. Um, so and now I only do four episodes and any time, like, four-episode packages at a time. And every time I work with a company, I get to know the people who are working there. Um, it's about a relationship because even if it's an awesome product or brand, if you the people I'm communicating with, I do not feel 100% on board with. If the founder – like, I want to get to know the founders. It's really important to me, um, you know, because I care. And if that's not driving, then, like, it's not going to be a good fit. But when brands are looking – are, like, looking to work with people, you, you need to send over, like, a media kit with – your downloads. My media kit has a little bit about me, some previous guests, all my downloads, and then um, my rates for ads. And I do things like so low key. Like <laughs> when you're working with bigger brands, like more official brands, you have to be like way more official. And I don't do things like that. It's kind of hard to explain without like kind of knowing how contracts work and and all this. Um, but I just don't like the corporate feeling. I'm like. I want to get to know the companies. I like working with smaller companies um, so I can really get to know them. And I like helping people grow who I feel like deserve to grow rather than like some big like company that doesn't even need advertising, um, you know, and I've, I love it because I feel like I help you guys. I help companies that I love and I really want to get the word out about them because it's freaking hard. Like, like getting really good products out there like there's so many products out there and like I also love that I get to educate you and help you guys find really cool companies and brands and things that you might not otherwise have heard about um so it's honestly really rewarding for me and I feel really lucky that I get to work with the people I get to work with but companies will look at downloads and then also if you have any statistics on like Who you've worked with previously and, like, how that's affected their sales. Like, I have testimonials from all the companies I've worked with that, like, they show statistics and numbers of how their um, revenue increased after working with me that I will send to brands if they um, would like to see that. When negotiating, somebody asked um, how to negotiate the length of a partnership with brands. Just, I have learned now I just only do four episodes minimum with people. Um, every once in a while, I'll do two episodes. Rare. Um, But most of the companies I work with, I've been working with for a long time. And so they'll either do four or eight episodes um, just because, you know, it's a long-term thing and that works out really well. I don't recommend doing one episode because it just, like, I don't know. You want to build a relationship, you know, and if you're only going to promote something one time, like, I don't know. I just, I don't – I just like a package, you know? You're you're in or out. You're in or out. Okay, how much do sponsors usually pay? How do you build up an income? Podcasting is it just through sponsors? So kind of touched on this before, but really, like, don't go into podcasting to make money. Like, the chances of you making a full-time income off podcasting are, like, slim to none. It's better to go into it if you're trying to, like, provide – more value, add more to your brand, give another resource for people to get to know you and learn about you and connect with you so that they are buying whatever you're selling, whether that be your own services, your eBooks, your programs, whatever that is. Um, and there's just a different energy behind it. Honestly, like when you're going into it, wanting to make money be like, I need to make money and that pressure and just that drive, like, universe picks up on it and you're probably not going to make any money but if you're going into it with the, the right intentions like I honestly don't think my podcast would be successful at all if I had gone into it like I'm doing this to make money like I started my podcast just as a fun passion project and you know I didn't make like we had a sponsor uh, I think it was like eight months in and we did that for a little bit and then I stopped and then I didn't do sponsors again for another like year um, so I went a long time without making any money off of it. Um, and then once I podcast, had kind of reached a certain level. I was like, and I was putting in so much time. I was like, okay, I, I literally, cause I got to the point where I was like, I either have to make money off of it or this has to go just because I only have so much time in a day. I run this, you know, myself. Um, and then I eventually, I hired Kelly now who helps me handle emails, which helps a lot. So she handles email, um, emails with sponsors and like just like the logistics and she coordinates my 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 ad schedule so I can like she just organizes it cuz I have so many other things in my head that helps a lot and then I edit produce whatever um myself and just the amount of time that takes and all the back end behind that with talking with brands and com- like I just I had to be making money or it was going to have to go so that I could do something that was making me money um so, you know, we – girls got to eat. Also, to be quite honest, it's t- – getting sponsors um, is easier if you already have a following. So there are people who start uh, – who start podcasts who just straight off the bat start making a ton of money because they already have a big following. They have good connections. It's easy for brands to want to work with them versus if you don't already have a following or a business or, like, connections with brands or other podcasters – It's going to be a lot harder to just, like, build that up from scratch. Um, And here's also the thing. This is kind of a whole other topic that I was talking to someone else about. But, like, I'm just going to give you some tough love. Like, I'm sorry, but if you're just starting a podcast, you're not entitled to making money. Like, I worked my ass off for years before I started actually making a lot of money off of it. And I see people start a podcast and they're five episodes in. And they are trying to like make $2,000 a month off their podcast. And I'm like, you just started podcasting. Like you have to prove yourself. And like, it's like blogging. It's like when people start on Instagram and they start getting some followers or they start a blog and they're trying to do sponsored posts and they're like, you know, trying to get paid for it. And I know it sucks because you put in a ton of work, but like we, all of us in this business have done the time. We've all done the time where we're working our asses off for free. Um, and I think also just with this younger generation, like people just want instant gratification. They want to hop on and they put in some work and they're like, where's my payment? Um, this industry sucks on some level because it's not a regular industry where like you put in the hours and you get paid. It's not like that. It's like you put in the years, the weeks, um, the months of doing things for free and then the money starts coming and you have to like Earn. You have to earn it. It's like the same thing. If you're a coach, um, if you are a trainer, or a coach, or whatever, like you work for a while not making much. You have to prove yourself, um, and then finally the money will start to come in. Um, but you know you can't just expect to start a podcast and then tomorrow charge up the wazoo to to <laughs> have have ads and sponsors. Um, my my rates have risen over the last year as my podcast has grown in terms of both downloads and just like I've been doing this for a long time like number of episodes and um the people who I have on my show I have really incredible guests that people want to be connected with um and honestly just how picky I am like I'm like people you guys people pitch themselves to me all the time and this is an exclusive group over here. So, you know, I can raise my rates to make it exclusive. But the way I run things is they can buy a, a minimum of four episode package. Um, and then we will talk about how often they want to put those in. Um, it's I have different rates for intro versus mid episode ads. Um, or they can do a mixture. And then I like... I don't like to read so I tell them like you know are there any main points you want to be covered I want to make sure I have a discount code for people um and then I get to do my thing and speak from my experience which is what I like I can't emphasize this enough though you guys the energy behind this has to be like do this for fun do this because you're passionate about it because you want to help people like I just think if you're doing it for money it's not gonna work like ninety nine percent of the time. That's what I have to say about that. Also, someone asked about resources to learn what to do. Um that just like honestly Google that that article I was talking about, how to start a podcast, I'll link to the show notes. Also my friend Katie Dalebout, um, who's been on this podcast, has a really cool program called Let a Podcast Out, and it walks you through exactly how to set up a podcast. Katie is an OG podcaster, um, and I will link that in the show notes as well. Okay, lastly, question of how do I get people to come on? Do I email them? Do I pitch myself? Um, It depends. So, most of my most of my guests are people I am friends with. They are people who I know in the space and I'm like, Hey, I want you to come on the show. Um, I keep it a pretty, like, I'm picky. I don't let just anyone come on the podcast, you know, like we've got to be, we got to be cool. Or, you know, I have my eyes and ears open. If I see someone awesome on social media, on the internet, I will reach out and I'll just, you know, I'll literally just reach out. I'll send them an email. Um, Tell them about my show. Tell them I'd love to have them on. It's really not that complicated. Um, And then there are a ton of people who pitch themselves um, all the time. And all of us (laughs) podcasters uh, know about this. And sometimes there are some gems. And other times it's just a lot of like spammy people. Like every Joe Schmo wants to be on someone's podcast. And it's like I just can't let any random person come on the show because here's the thing. I mean, everyone has a story. Like, that's part of what's so fun about being a podcaster. I'm like, put any single person on my show and I will make you interesting. Like, I will find something to talk about with you. Um, And it's like, everybody's gone through a struggle. Like, so it has to be more than just that you have an incredible story. You know, like, I mean, that's important part of it. But it has to be for me. It's like, do I have a how do I feel energetically with this person? How have they affected me? Um, do you have something different to say? Um, it just has to be unique in some way. And like I need a message my audience maybe hasn't heard before or I like the way you're delivering it or someone who I've admired for a long time um, and I love the work you're doing, things like that. And then some of these podcasts, there are like companies or people or reps or whatever who like have a ton of different people and they just pitch they just pitch these guests to all of us podcasters. And honestly, so many of them are annoying. Um, But some of them are good. I've been connected with a few um, awesome people through that. But more often than not, I don't usually take pitches. I don't usually take them, Um, to be quite honest. I sometimes, depending on the way... There's a wrong and a right way to pitch yourself, which this is going to come up in future podcast episodes. Um... If there's a sense of entitlement, it's not happening. Um it's it's an honor to be on anyone's podcast, no matter how small or big the podcast is. And when people are just like assuming they sh- they should be on the podcast, um it just rubs me the wrong way and I've talked about this a lot with a lot of my fellow podcast hosts, um you know. And when you're pitching yourself, you really got to make sure you have something different and like a why and but i <laughs> i've never pitched myself to a pod like being a guest i've never pitched myself to being on a podcast i just like would feel super weird about it like if someone wants me on their show they'll ask me um yeah and then sometimes i'll be on someone else's show and if i really like i really like them or i feel like i have more i want to say i'll invite them on um but not always you know it just depends i think also like it's not if you are trying to get guests, if you're trying to get on someone else's show by giving them, getting them on your show, that's not that's not always the best way to go. Um, like, just in general in this business, you're not entitled to anything. If there's one thing you learn, there's, you're not entitled to anything. Remember that. Um, humility will get you far. It's definitely gotten me far. But I am just – if I want someone on my show, I will just ask them. The worst that's going to happen is a no. And so many of these – people who I admired for so long and I was like, Oh my god, it would kill to get connected with them. Wow. Um, I just emailed them and asked them and people are super nice and like people wanna come on shows. Like I will never say no to anyone who asked me to come on their show. Like I will always come on your show. Um and most podcasters feel the same way. Most people most people in general feel the same way. Like it's an honor to be asked. So the worst thing that's gonna happen is they say no and then whatever, at least you tried. So just just ask. Um, And I like to pitch, I explain like why I want that person on the show, you know, like what is it about them that they're unique? Why does my audience need to hear from them? So, and then sometimes you get, you know, I'll get connected with people. I'll be like, you know, maybe I'll hear someone. I'll be like, wow. um, I was like, they're on my friend's show and I really like them. And I'll say, Hey, can you connect me with this person? Like I would love to interview them and it usually works out. So, yeah, it's not, it just, it comes pretty organically, honestly. Um, which is part of the reason why I was able to up it to two episodes a week. I just like have so many guests and there's so many interesting people I want to talk to. And of course I like to have like my close friends on as well. Um, different types of episodes. So it just, it's random. It's organic. Sometimes I'll just be meet, I'll meet someone, I'm talking to them and I'll just be like, Hey, can you come on my show? Like I want to have you on my podcast. Um, My eyes and ears are always open. I'm always ready to find someone interesting. Everyone is interesting. Trust me. So, yeah, I think I covered all the questions I received. Honestly, podcasting is so much fun. One of my favorite parts of my job. Although I'll be completely transparent, I love the recording. I love having interviews, like recording interviews and talking to people and the conversations and the feedback. I hate editing and, like, like the production side. Like, I hate show notes and all of that. But, you know, it's got to get done. Maybe one day I will have someone else do it. But I just not going to right now. Um, yeah, it's super rewarding, though. And if it sounds really fun and you have time and you're passionate about it, like, do it. Like, put your own spin on things. Uh, go for it. It's a fun way to build your brand. I think that podcasting is such a unique, awesome medium. You can learn so much through podcasts and impact people in such an incredible way, like in a way that it could never with any other medium. Like, you know, words hit us in one one way and hearing someone speak hits you in another way. And you guys are like you feel close to me, right? Like if you listen to me for like Two to four hours every single week, and say you've been listening to me for a while, you know me. Like, if if when people tell me they listen to my podcast, or same with if they they tell me they've read my blog, but if you listen to my podcast for a while, like, you know, not just one time, you know me, and people will be like, It's so weird. I feel like we're friends, even though I, I know I don't know you, but I'm like, But you do. Like, this is who I am. You hear me talk. You get close, you get to know the people, and there's something about the power of someone's voice, and I love that it's, I love that it's disconnected from any visuals, because I think that in the Instagram world, and even blogging, it's just so tied into images now, and people are swayed by how someone looks, and it just, you get, I just think that you get to know a person a lot more through just hearing them talk, um, rather than, paying attention to how they look um that's a whole other <laughs> topic but it's a way to convey things or even like you know some of my most emotional podcast episodes where I'm on here crying spilling my soul to the world that would not have the same impact if that was conveyed to you in any other way you know podcasting is just incredible and the world is at your fingertips all these episodes are available to you for free you can learn so much. I tell people this all the time. I feel like, you know, my college education fun, but I <laughs> not fun. Um but I learned everything valuable from podcasts. Like I listened to hours of podcasts every day for years and like that was my education. Like honestly. So take advantage of it take advantage of the community. Like this is raw and real. It's not like radio or television or even just things on Instagram where things are planned out ahead of time. I mean, there are plenty of podcasters who do script things. If you listen to me, you know, I'm very like everything. I'm just, I'm here. This is happening. I'm not planning anything out. Um, I'm just talking to you. There are a lot of podcasters who Actually, I don't know if you guys can tell. I can tell just because I podcast, but I can tell they wrote down everything and they're reading it and it's all very scripted and I just don't connect with that. Like I want to, I want to feel like they're just having a conversation with me. So that's how I podcast just because that's what I like to listen to. So there are different styles. Just hop into your style, find your niche. Don't try and be anyone else. Just talk like yourself and people will respond. So I hope that this was interesting for you and helpful if you are considering starting a podcast. Um, so many different ways to do it. Some people are super low-key, like I said, and just pull out their iPhone headphones and record on GarageBand, download the MP3, and put it up. Other people have full studios and a lot of equipment and hire a producer. You know, we're all over the place here. Sponsorship, payments, are all over the board. There's no regulation. I have literally no idea how much other people um charge. I have no idea. I just came up with my rates and I just didn't. sticking with it. It's super unregulated like like the blogging industry, which I've talked about before. You could have someone who has 100,000 followers, and maybe they're charging $1,000 for an Instagram post, and maybe someone else who also has 100,000 followers is only charging $300 because they just don't know. There's no regulation. It's honestly all over the board as well with podcasting, but I do think that working with ad agencies, you get gypped, and you just aren't going to make as much money as if you did it like the other way, which is why I do it my way. Um and a company who tells you, like, you're worth, no thank you. I actually just got in an argument with a company last week who, you know, we were talking and just the way they were talking to me. And I was like, the way you are talking to me and the way you're approaching my show and telling me how much I am worth, like, no thank you. Like, this is how much I'm worth. And if you're not interested and you don't think that I'm worth this much, then, like, this isn't the right fit. Um, because. people you're working with have to believe in you as much as you believe in them you know it's a two-way street and like both people should be honored to work with each other um and respect each other in that way and so if a company it's like a lot of these ad agencies these these bigger brands kind of just like bully you and it's the same thing with blogging like certain sponsors like they just kind of bully you and tell you what to do when um you just feel like the powers in their hands and I don't roll like that. So just know that that's not the only way and just follow your intuition. If you feel like you're not getting a good feeling, it's not the right fit. Um, and always follow the right fit because even if it means turning down money now, it doesn't mean that things won't, you know, come to you in the end. Remember, think long-term and what you deserve will come to you. If you put out positive energy into the world, always coming back with the woo-woo thing so yeah well I hope you found this helpful this is the last episode before I return from my technology detox I hope I come back you guys we'll see if you're not already in the Facebook group please join just search wellness realness podcast tribe on Facebook and then you can join and chat with other listeners and if you haven't already Please leave a rating and a review on iTunes. It seriously helps with podcasting. This is related. The way to get people to know about your show is to get them to leave a rating and a review on iTunes. People don't make money off of those. Um, subscriptions aren't – you don't make money off of more subscriptions. You make – you you want more downloads so that you can tell companies, these are my downloads – subscriptions don't give you anything there's no way to know how many subscriptions you have you can only see the downloads um but subscriptions are great because then you are getting alerted when a new episode comes in so you can stay up to date with the people who post like I put a lot of time and energy in my podcast and I want to make sure you guys listen to all my episodes um so leaving a rating and a review is a free way for you to really show your support to people. And also sharing episodes on social media helps so much to spread the word about the show and get other people to hear the information. And last little tidbit, I mean, when you're on other podcasts, it helps you expand your audience too. So, you know, if you're going to do a podcast swap, try and find somebody whose podcast is about the same size as yours. If you are a small podcast, do not go approach the top podcast on iTunes um and be like, hey, let's podcast swap. Try and find somebody who has about the same size audience and that will go over better. Um and you guys can help each other grow. So yeah, let's all help each other. If you're in if you're in the Wellness Realist podcast Facebook group and you're trying to grow your podcast, post about it. And be like, hey, let's all share our favorite podcasts. Okay, hope this was all very helpful and I hope you have wonderful day. I will chat with you again next time. Bye.